when you come to human resources or you're opening up because there's a problem, if you want to vent, you call your mother or you call your best friend, vent to HR, right? HR is to get something done. So when you come to me, I will help you get something done. I'm Adam Connors from NetworkWise and your host of Who's Who in HR. Ask any successful CEO about the most important aspect of their company and they'll inevitably answer their people. And who is it that's responsible for their people? It's human resources. In fact, HR is the backbone of any elite organization. They attract, develop, and engage top talent, progress culture, secure and manage important benefit programs, make sure you're appropriately paid, protect the best interest of each employee and the company, and so much more that quite frankly often gets taken for granted. On Who's Who in HR, I'll have in-depth discussions with well-known human resource leaders who offer insights into who they are, how they got there, and the areas they support. During our conversation, these leaders will reveal beneficial industry advice and innovative trends in the HR space that's contributing to keeping the world's most successful companies at the top of their game. Sharon Jocks has more than 25 years under her belt as an HR professional in the media space. But what sets her apart is her ability to read her employees and learn from them. She understands that making sure your employees are happy is not by sitting and waiting for them to report a problem. It's taking a proactive approach to stay in touch with everyone and make sure they're doing okay. And when it comes to some things like technology, she knows her employees might know a lot more than she does. When it comes to having a high IQ and building personal connections, well, Sharon checks all the boxes. I can't wait for you to learn more about her. So what do you say we dive right in? Well, Sharon Jouts, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm loving your energy. Got to tell you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Are you always, is this your natural disposition? Yes. And sometimes what ends up happening, my, my natural disposition is I laugh a lot and people mistake oftentimes my good naturedness for not understanding things. And that is so not the case. Interesting. But Why? my my go-to is to be happy mm-hmm. because it's exhausting being the opposite. So I choose to be happy. Good for you. I'm sure you've yeah. heard this about the smiles, how important that is for your, even just your skin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I have like a good belly laugh at least a couple of times a day, at least. Ooh, I hope we get that out of you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Good. Uh, game on. <laughs> the challenge is on. Well, here, <laughs> How about we do this? Let's start. I want my first question for you to be, when was the last time you had one of those belly laughs? (laughs) This morning when I saw a picture of a pork chop that was the perfect profile outline of President Trump. (laughs) And if you follow me on Instagram, I posted it. I just, I couldn't stop laughing. Oh, Couldn't stop laughing. Can you share that Instagram on this or is this something I'm going to have to get from you uh, personally? I'll send it to you later. Okay. All right. Sorry to put you on the spot. I'll get it from you later. And I've been really enjoying some TikToks. Oh, yeah. That's been such a fun thing that's come out of this whole, I don't know what your stance is on, on COVID. And obviously there's a whole lot of bad, but I've seen some amazing things that have come out of this. And the creativity is like at the top of my list. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I've seen that too. And it's been, it's just interesting because it's an interesting time. You've got some downtime. You're not running from thing. Uh, my experience anyway, I'm not running from thing to thing. So I do have some time. Yeah. How did you discover TikToks? I heard, I went to a seminar and they were talking about it and I thought, oh, my goal is to always remain relevant and interesting and interested in things. Mm. And as you get older, you really have to, to stay relevant. So I challenged the people I work with all the time. And I used to do a reverse mentoring where we would challenge all the sales assistants to come into conference room and I'd buy pizza and they had to bring their phone and show me the latest apps they were using and why they thought they were cool. Because I don't have kids, so I don't know this stuff. So at work, I asked a couple of folks that I work with, I said, listen, you got to show me how this TikTok works. So they show me how it worked. And then I had to send them my three favorite TikToks by WhatsApp, by text, and by email mm. by the end of the night. And I did. That's awesome. Did. So, so <laughs> that's so great on so many levels. So is this something that you've always looked to do to make yourself kind of stay on top of, and, of relevancy and just to be with the times? Or did someone yeah. suggest this to you? No, that's just you. No, I, it's just me. And it, it started years ago when somebody said, can I borrow five bucks? And I was like, sure. And she said, well, I'll just Venmo you the money. And I'm like, what's Venmo? And I thought, oh God, I better get with it. And she showed me all about Venmo. And from there, it just kind of took off. I'm always curious. So how has that served you with the shutdown? Now that we have to use technology, we have yeah. to be on these Zooms. Were you yeah. already comfortable with that? So there really wasn't an adjustment period? Yeah, pretty much. I am. And when I'm not comfortable, I raise my hand. Like, how do you do this? Show me how this works. I've been so lucky because the people that I work with are just so happy that I'm interested mm-hmm. and that I, I really want to use the technology. So like there's not any kind of awkwardness or weirdness there. I don't feel weird asking them. They don't feel weird showing me. And then reversely, conversely, I do things and I'll bring them into the fold about a decision-making process I'm making. That's great. So yeah, so there's an opportunity, I think, to mentor on both sides. Wow. That might be a rabbit hole that we explore during this conversation, by the way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. okay, okay, <laughs> cool. Because that, that is something that, that's very, I think it's very apropos. A lot of times people, they need someone to turn to, especially nowadays that we need that leadership. But let me ask you, if you don't mind, just a couple, just mm-hmm. this rapid fire question. You're such a, a, a comfortable person anyway, but I want them to really get to know you as a person. And from there, we'll dig into your career and, and things that have really helped you, things like what you just talked about, about embracing change and you know, welcoming the technology, mm-hmm. the mentoring that's kind of put you to be where you are today. So um, if you'd humor me, uh, let me know, would you consider yourself an introvert, an extrovert, or are you somewhere in the middle, like a centrovert, ambivert? Probably. Outwardly, I'm perceived as an extrovert extreme extrovert, but I do like my alone time once in a while. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. What are you doing to keep yourself sharp, whether it's mental or physical? Well, physical, I do. I exercise every morning. Pre-COVID, I would be at the gym at 5 a.m. four days a week at least. Now I'm walking in the morning. I do about a three-mile walk, so I try to do that. Mentally, I just keep abreast of what's happening in the news and understand like not COVID-19 and all this and the election, yes, and all of that, but also pop culture. I like to know what people are talking about, what's interesting, what's curious. Hmm. 
Good. Do you have any habits, good or bad, that you'd be willing to share? <laughs> yeah, let's see. All right. One habit I have is I'm a serial multitasker. And I really have to stop doing that because I think people don't think I'm listening. So what are you doing right now? What are you multitasking? I'm sitting on my hands, Adam. (laughs) I'm sitting on my hands. Wow. I'm not touching a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that awful? Um, And the other thing I do is when I was in talent acquisition, I used to love to Google people. Ah. Yeah. Did you come across anything interesting? This is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once in a while. Most of the time, no. But yes, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Well, I learned to have to do that. So I I used to uh, be in recruiting myself, and we had lost. Uh Oh, I could tell you so many stories of people that lost jobs as a result of Google, you know, job offers before Facebook had the ability to block people from seeing yep. and oh yeah people gotta be careful yep. about technology mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so it is what exactly it is. right yeah hey so tell us a little bit about who you are what you do and then i want to get into some of the meat and potatoes uh questions okay i fell into hr i w- went on a job interview on wednesday at fairchild publications i was offered the uh, job on Friday, and I started on Monday as what is now an HR coordinator. And I stayed for 16 years. I loved it. And I left as vice president of HR. My career has just been one serendipitous. It's so interesting. It's so unorchestrated. But it's been one serendipitous, amazing experience after another. What do you attribute that to? Is there one common thread amongst the things that you have done, the success that you have experienced, that you can tie it all together and say, hey, here's how I made it to your present role, which is the head of HR of a, you know, of an international organization. Yeah. I mean, I, I was always a doer. I don't tick boxes. Like that's my job. This is your job. Like, I don't care. Like, I mean, I've had jobs where like they're short a server and I'm like, give me a headset and tray of meatballs. And I'm and I go out there. I checked coats at Interior Design Magazine for their Hall of Fame back in the day before it got really big and they couldn't hire people to do that. So I checked coats. But you just make it happen. Be a make it happen person. I call it a figure it outer. Be a figure it outer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that more like tenacity? Is it more no ego? Is it hunger? What, what would you say? That, how would you label that? It's all of those things. It's all of those things. Plus, I in the beginning, I, I needed a job. Hmm. So like, who cares? Like, sure, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do this. Because when you say yes to things, that's when possibilities begin. Hmm. So when you say no, things shut down. No, I'm not going to check coats tonight. So you don't become memorable. Hmm. You want to be that person that solves problems, not creates them. And when you see your employer struggling about missing a server, missing a coat check person. Why struggle? Put the hat on and do it. Who cares? So I've always been like that. And it's worked well for me. I understand that that's not everyone's disposition. But in my mind, that's worked well for me. What do you think people would say about you, those that have worked with you? How do you think that they would describe you? That I'm funny, wildly inappropriate, for an uh-huh. HR person. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't stay in my office when I had an office, I don't stay in the office a lot. I like to walk around and talk to people. 
sit down. What are you working on? Show me how this works. I saw something the other day. Can you explain this to me? People love to talk to you about what their jobs are and and their careers. And they're not necessarily going to come to you to do that. So I like to go to them. That's great. So being in your position right now as the head, is your role more air traffic controller? Is it more problem solver? Like you said, going around to the different departments and seeing what the challenges that they're dealing with and helping them walk through. Is that more of what you're doing? Yeah, it's a problem solver. It's learning and development. How can we get this person to the next phase of their career? What's the skill set requirement? Mentoring. I do a lot of that. Yeah, I do a lot of coaching for success. A lot of performance management I do. Gotcha. And how big is your team? I am... A team of one in New York, but I have, I'm supported by an HR operations group of two in North America. And then I have someone that does benefits and payroll. I do employee relations. I assist with recruiting. I do performance management. I do learning and development. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. What, fun. What is the biggest challenge? Again, outside sans uh, COVID, what is the biggest challenge of your role right now? It's just managing people and managing them now from afar. So you can't see them. You can see someone in the office struggling, right? When they're having personal issues or struggling to cope. I can't see that. And so I'm being very proactive and active in touching base with my managers every week, be in touch with your teams. How's your team doing? How are you doing? What's going on? How can I support? Because I I, want to be proactive about that and not have people wondering, who can I call? How can I get help? That's been, I think, a big struggle for people is all of a sudden the faucets turned off and they're away from people and families, family members that they love and can't see and can't be with. And everybody, Ellen DeGeneres took it on the chin when she said she felt like she was in prison. But you have to remember, everybody's prison is described differently. Mm -hmm. I live in Manhattan in a 500 square foot apartment. And I don't have any outdoor space, but I got plenty of food. And I'm with someone who loves me. Okay. So my prison is different from somebody else who who doesn't have food or from somebody else that doesn't have a nice apartment as small as it is. So everybody struggles different. You, You look at somebody, oh, he lives in New Jersey in a nice house. He's fine. Yeah. Well, maybe he's got elderly parents. Maybe he can't see or get to or make sure that they have medicine. These food lines, I mean, the people that are in these food lines, who are they? I mean, like, it's just shocking to me. So everyone has a struggle and not everyone is as forthcoming about it, but they will be or can be if you provide them with a safe one-to-one space. That's so true. Sounds Mm -hmm. to me like one of your superpowers is helping people to feel psychologically safe. Yeah. uh, I I want people to understand that. I mean, when you come to human resources or you're opening up because there's a problem, if you want to vent, you call your mother or you call your best friend, vent to HR, right? HR is to get something done. So when you come to me, I will help you get something done. Did you always have this high level of empathy 
or is that something that you've, uh, or, or maybe more than empathy, your EQ, or is this something that you've just worked at? I don't know. I thought everybody had it until I started working and I realized <laughs> not everybody can read a room, but my, my mom was a nurse and had a tremendous amount of empathy. And maybe I got that from her. I hope I did, but yeah. So it's so yeah. important. Yeah, no, I agree. You, you had a, a post the other day talking about, I don't remember exactly what it said, but something to the effect of just the importance of being resilient and adaptable yeah. and those soft skills that don't necessarily get the, the credit, their due credit, which are really important now. You know? Yeah. Are you finding that that skill set that you have to come in handy during these times? Yes. And that's not to say that every day is a shining moment and my husband can testify to that hmm. but for the most part i am resilient and adaptive to change and just say okay well this is how it is it is what it is now we have to deal with it i try to stay focused on what i can change and what i can influence and let go of what i can't do anything about it's finding those spots hmm. and focusing on that what has been the best skill set that you've acquired that's led to this success Probably adaptability to change. I don't like working from home. I'm not set up working from home and there is nothing I can do about it. So here I am, I'm making the best of it. But there are people that like, for example, are like me, but they can't make the best of it. They just get stuck. And the biggest thing you could do is get unstuck. Just get unstuck. And the other thing is, is that I don't have to be right. I don't keep fighting and fighting and fighting. I'm just like, look, here's my opinion. Here's my thought. Have a nice day. Godspeed. <laughs> off, you, off you go. You know, I've gotten off of needing to be right. That's nice. So, it's nice. make you feel light when you can travel. With yeah. Like that, you know? Yeah. And you just say, okay, that's fine. You don't have to do what I, what I tell you to do, but here's what's going to happen if you don't. And what's your plan if this happens? And what's your plan if that happens? And Yeah. How important is being able to develop some of the good relationships that you have over these years? Oh, it's critical. And number one is because you can't be good at everything. You just can't. And you're not, by the way. And why do you have to reinvent the wheel? I can't tell you how many times I've been asked and I have asked people, can I have a copy of your handbook? <laughs> can I have a copy of your policy that you're coming back to work policy? What are you guys doing? And I should equally share. So it's like, we're all in this together. Let's look at best practices, but it's good because developing those relationships, I was reading in the New York post today, this term that I've heard before, and it cracks me up every time. Don't be an asshole. Oh, I say be that all a, the time. Love right. It. Be a person that's helpful, that's interested. Here I saw this article you might find interesting. Contribute to people and then allow people to contribute to you so that when you're doing a project, you don't have to be the best there is at this or that, but you should have people in your circle that are. You know what I mean? Like if you gave me a spreadsheet, I mean, oh my God, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no idea, but I can call so-and-so who's an expert and be like, talk to me like I'm two years old about this formula and she'll walk me right through it. I love that. I always say that you got to surround the weakness, of the individual, the strength of the group. Yeah. 
So you take relationships to another level. And that's one of the things that really drew me to over to you. You're what some would consider a connector. You put people together, or I'll even go as far as calling you a super connector. How about that? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you always been one? And if so, what prompts you to make an introduction to other people? Walk me through the thought process. I find people interesting. And when the opportunity comes along to know somebody that you admire, you look up to, one of the co-founders of Chief was on LinkedIn. And I thought, oh, I love Chief as an organization for women. I think they do some interesting, fascinating things. And so it's amazing. And I just asked to be linked like in her professional network. And she did. And I sent her a note back telling her what a fan I was. And if I could ever be of service, I would be more than happy to do anything for Chief and to let me know. And and I think she wrote back and she's like, thank you so much. And I was like, not expecting that. But it's like, who wouldn't want to know her? Like, why wouldn't you want to know her? Like, hello? <laughs> why do you think that most people are not taking the extra time to embrace an, a, a great opportunity to be connected to someone like that. Oh, networking is so hard. It's You feel like you're a pain in the ass. You feel like, here I am, hat in hand. I've got nothing to offer. I'm intruding on their space. I don't, no, I don't think that at all. I think if people don't want to know me or talk to me, that's fine. That's yeah. their prerogative. And I, I'm moving on, when the, and that's fine. But I link in with people all the time that I cannot help them, but I can maybe introduce them to someone that might be able to help them because mm-hmm. I don't keep track, but I believe in paying it forward because when I lost my job in 09, when the world blew up the first time, <laughs> oh my God, the people that will help you are the people you expect to but the people that help you that you have no expectations, they don't owe you a nickel. It's incredible what people will do. Yeah. Incredible. Well, so it's really interesting. What people don't realize is that actually your best source of Mm -hmm. referrals, job opportunities, sales, raising capital, all these things are typically, they're not your direct contacts, actually. They're either what's called friends of friends or dormant ties. Dormantized yes. because it is someone that was in your life previously, but those are your scientifically proven high. We're talking like 85% of your best contacts. So yes. the more of these contacts that you have, you're in your solid network, then it gives you that exponential access to some of these other people in their networks and their, their other spheres. Yeah. And my husband, he laughs because he's, he always says, oh, she's got a guy. I got a guy for this. I know this. I know I got a guy. You know, I know somebody that can do this for you. And it's just really funny. I got a guy. You know, he says, you got to have somebody to do this. Right. And I'm like, I got a guy. I got a cheese guy. I got a fish guy. I got a, you know, oh, yeah. I got a guy. Of course you do. So it's how so Seinfeld. Yeah, it so is. So Chief is is, uh, funny. I actually just learned of it somewhat recent, but I think it's fantastic. Are are you a member or you're just familiar with the organization? I'm familiar with the organization. It's a little pricey to join. Yeah. So I've kind of put it on the back burner, but I think it's such a worthwhile organization and it's absolutely wonderful. Something you would definitely recommend if someone that's listening, that's look, that, that's climbing the ladder right now, and yeah. you get an opportunity to be a part of it, you'd encourage them to do it. Yes, I would. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. part of owning your career, because like 
I do think that your managers throughout your career do obviously play a very important role in your career development. But at the end of the day, you own it. So you ask for those opportunities, ask for those meetings, send a note, can I meet you for coffee to the CEO's assistant or whoever it is that you want to meet. Be proactive about that. That's such sage advice. What are you seeing as the future of HR? I'm definitely seeing flexibility in how people work. Mm. And I mean that holistically, not just working from home. I mean that the day is not linear. You don't work nine to five. You might work from 6 a.m., especially if you work for a global company. You might work from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., then stop and have breakfast with your family, Mm -hmm. right? And then clean up and then be back on at 9.30 and then work till noon and then go pick up your kids from wherever. I'm making all this stuff up. but And then you might take time in the afternoon to help with homework and do all this. And then you log back on at 4 p.m. I think the key is going to be communication and managing expectations. Are you concerned at all? And, you know, this is through the course of having the conversations that I'm having with people like yourself, there's the wrestling. It's like, wait, like we're getting organizations are realizing that, yeah, this can work. This not working for um, Mm -hmm. not being in the corporate can work. But uh, on the other hand, what's happening is they're seeing a significant output of work product. Like we're talking north of 30% Mm -hmm. more productivity. So it's like, wow, not only can it work, it really works. But then there's also the other argument that, wait a second, there's going to be a burnout. Do you have an opinion? Yeah. Yeah. I think you work more when you're at home because you don't have the commute. You don't have the, a lot of things. It's just, there's the, you turn around, there's the computer. I think managers should really encourage healthy practices and walk away, go for a walk. I know my exec team has done a really amazing job at focusing on employees' well-being and mental health, Mm -hmm. encouraging you to take many breaks, encouraging you to stop emailing at a certain time, close up shop, and to create a space or a thing or something that signals the end of your day. Like that's that's the end of your day. And I also work for a bunch of really, oh, they're just so respectful of your private time. I recognize that a lot of people don't have that. They work for animals that are like 24 (laughs) seven. And I'm hoping that in this environment, we come out a little kinder and a little bit more thoughtful about how people cope and how they live and all of that. So I'm hoping that we come out of this with more empathy. Yeah, I think that's it's it's moving in that direction. I do believe. Mm-hmm. I got. I know we're getting tight on time. I've noticed that you are really active on LinkedIn, and and you do a great job. I mean, you're you you are really oh, thank one of you. the better people out there. How was that again? You were just embracing something new, and then you kind of got on it, or is it something that it's a tool that you just truly believe in? I'd love to just get your overall thoughts on LinkedIn, how you use it, and what advice that you might have for other people that are, you know, a little trepidatious on this uh, platform? I, yeah, I mean, all, all of the above, right? I do think that I use it as a tool for news. Who's gotten a promotion? Who's moving to a new role? What posts? What are people talking about in the workplace? What are people concerned about? So I use it as just a, hmm, 
especially now, since I'm, I'm home by myself, I don't have an office. I don't know what people are talking about. So it helps to keep me connected to the world. And then it helps to keep me connected to my network. Yeah. I do reach out and say, happy birthday. I do reach out and say, congratulations. Saw this article, thought of you. So it's critical to me. And I, when I was in talent acquisition, I was like a LinkedIn animal. <laughs> I was like, Rawr. I was like on there all day, every day, just linking and connecting and introducing. I use it all the time. And people just need to get comfortable with using it every day. Yeah. The people that I still hear now in 2020 saying, oh, my boss is going to think I'm looking for a job. Who cares? Right? You're an adult, right? It's like they don't fire you for looking for another job, for crying out loud, or for being on LinkedIn. I mean, that's not, we're adults. So, essential business tool. It's a central business tool, and you need to be on there. The people that have lost their jobs, I've had so many people say to me, Sharon, show me how I need to be using LinkedIn because they've gotten complacent mm-hmm. and they didn't use it. And I just have used it and will use it like I'm looking for a job tomorrow. I never, and I, and I love my job and I love my company, but I am on there several times during the day to see what people are talking about. And if I can contribute in some way, you know? Yeah. No, it's keeping yourself relevant. It's being front and center with your networks. Mm-hmm. Like you said, or, or things that you've said that I don't know if you're just, it's just so common to you that you're, you're taking it for granted, but you read and you think of other people that you can share that with. And that is something that I can't stress enough the value of that instead of being selfish and kind of just reading it and absorbing it for yourself. But you're taking that step to, hey, I think this sounds good for Aaron or Jeremy, whomever it might be. Like They can benefit from this. I love that. I absolutely love that. That'll help people that have trouble connecting. I don't want to send them a link. I don't want to, it would be nice to just say, Hey, I saw this article and thought of you. You're not asking for anything and people will enjoy getting stuff like that. Again, that's how I discovered you is through a comment that you had on someone else's post. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. that was something that I was like, oh, and then I started digging in. I started seeing how active and I was reading some of the things that you were writing and I was seeing the sharing and I was like, this is someone that I want to know. And oh, this was, I'm again, so glad. Yeah. And look, this was a couple months ago and here we are today and bam, on the show. And yeah, and this is uh, it's just the beauty of, again, taking a proactive uh, approach with a relationship and utilizing technology and doing all the things that really you've just talked about today that have, <laughs> that have made you successful. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, well, I, Sharon, I really, again, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. Oh, my Let, pleasure. Letting me pick your brain sharing what it is that makes your clock tick. So uh, thank you so much, Adam. I've had such a great time. It's a great experience. All right. Make it a great day. Many thanks for listening to who's who in HR. If you're looking to connect with more top level HR professionals, be sure to log on to networkwise.com to find out how you could be part of an HR mastermind group. Also, Subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date on everything happening with NetworkWise. In the interim, make it a great day and remember to always NetworkWise.